I want to share one little tidbit about the Biographical Design Collective. And this is kind of to piggyback off of last week's explanation of the program, which I will share again in the future. But Romello is somebody who's in my Facebook group who learned about the Biographical Design Collective and her three-day intensive through the podcast. And then again, when I posted about it last week or a couple weeks ago, and I asked him to, uh, you know, after he was done to come in and share. So today, randomly, without solicitation, uh, he posted. He said, I don't know where to start to explain how those three days were to us, Michelle. It was so good. So good is all caps, by the way. Daniel and I are missing her since Friday. Ha ha ha. We learned so much with her, not only on the business side, but the alignment was, but the alignment with our authenticity was magical. We are rebranding, we are comfortable with ourselves, and we're, ve- we're very ready to scale our business. I could be talking about it for hours. Thank you so much for introducing her to us. Heart. So, Romello, thank you so much, and I'm sorry if I just said your name wrong, for sharing that. If you want to learn more about the Biographical Design Collective and when the next three-day intensive might be happening, then go to biographicaldesign.com. I highly recommend you schedule a call with Katie. Have a chat with Katie, see if it makes sense, if she's a good fit for you, and make sure that you tell her that I say you. But you know what I'm realizing, and forgive me, my office is kind of in the loft area of a retail store, so I have oh. this Muzak in the background going. Oh, let me see. Let me so, listen. You know what? The audio quality of my podcast is like, the, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back today, finally, with Michael Lambie of Michael Lambie Interiors. Thanks for being here. My um, pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's funny because um, I feel like we've been following each other for a bit. And then when I DM'd you, I slid into your DMs asking you <laughs> to be on the podcast because I was like, oh, I have a podcast like it's this. I mean, I'm never going to see anybody listens. And then when you said you listened to it, I was so excited. I get excited because <laughs> that to me because I'm like, I don't know. So that was super cool. But um, okay, so you are Toronto based, right? Uh, Oakville based. Oakville based. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Michael is also um, uh, like a guest expert on City Line. Mm-hmm. Has been yes. actively doing that still. Like, I mean, obviously, still. I actually have another episode coming up. So, yeah, COVID kind of locked things up. So, I've only yeah. been on once, once since. Actually, I was on. I was on City Line once, and I was on uh, Breakfast Television once during the COVID. But I'm okay. doing another one in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay, so... But I've been doing it for over a year now, so I've probably been on there 10, 11, 12 times. Like 10 That's times. a so lot yeah. of times in yeah, a year. Yeah. Kind of like once a month, basically, was the rhythm we were in until COVID hit. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Okay, I w- let's start with this, actually, because this is very topical <laughs> for me. Because um, I, I finally got to get... I got on Marilyn Dennis, and my goal was like, oh, I'm just going to do it once a quarter. When you got into the once a month group, were you kind of like, now they're probably reaching out to you, but at the beginning, were you just suggesting topics? Like, how did you get into this amazing groove of like, it was was strange because nothing is really official. Like you're not signing a contract, you're not committing to anything. Yeah. So every time I left, I assumed it was my last and I'm like, do they want me back? Do they want me back? (laughs) I want to do it again. So it's just a really open general conversation that I have with the producer, Fiona. Um, Fiona, and I I would say, she would sometimes reach out. The first time I was waiting, I said, any of you ready? Let me know, reach out. And then I realized, okay, she's kind of, it's a, 
it's a moving target. So I would let her know, listen, I have ideas. Can you pull? And she's, okay, great. Because she's always looking. So if yes. I could slip in there with an idea, it makes her job easier. Yes. And then the hardest part is just having ideas that they didn't do already or they weren't doing the month before or the month after or that week. That's the hardest yeah. part. So what was the first segment that you did? What was the topic? Uh, basements. Basements, yeah, actually. Which was huge for me. I love doing basements. And um, so I was, really gl- I was really glad that was it. So yeah, it was about yeah, designing basements, decorating basements and just showing uh so i showed one of my biggest and proudest projects i've done was this massive basement it was like 3500 square foot it was this awesome awesome client it That's came out awesome basement. yeah <laughs> <laughs> my guy house isn't even nothing <laughs> when he called me and told me on the phone i mean everybody screws up their square footage so i thought he was just yeah. screwing up the square footage right you're like that must be the and, whole house yeah yeah exactly so i'm dividing in half i'm minusing the garage like, okay that's not bad 1500 and he goes no no it's 35. I'm like, really? Oh, so I sat up straight. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is some serious I, stuff. I haven't yeah. even seen a 3,500 square foot Yeah. Yeah. So when I went there and, and saw the place, I was like, wow. And we went through his list, which was long, obviously. But I'm like, okay, now what do I do with the other 1,500 square feet? Because it's, yeah. it's so big. That's crazy. So City Line, the first one we talked about, because I showed that. And then we talked about decorating and i had a whole oh my gosh it took three three and a half almost four days of work getting ready for okay this, thank you for saying the that six, the six minutes of airtime was intense that's the thing so i think about you're doing this once a month did you just go okay after Brutal. that first one you start to go a little more strategic in the topic that you're like no no it just got worse no you know it, it, it just slowly got because the next one i said okay this is this is intense like i had furniture that I even used like i just overdid it because i was yes. terrified right yeah and then, so the next one is, okay, let me reduce it. Plus, I had scripts. I had cue cards. I was writing. Yep. And obviously, it was hilarious. My first, <laughs> the first appearance, I'm ready. I know exactly. I got my first little hit and all that kind of stuff. So I'm talking to Tracy. She, she introduced me. And then she asked me a, a question that had nothing to do with my first line. Oh, my God. And I was just so rehearsed that I started with my first like, whoa, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And so I stumbled. I'm like, she wasn't supposed to ask me that. What she talking about? I'm like, oh, what did she say? What did she say? Oh. And so I asked her a question. And I just might as well throw out the, throw out the uh, cue cards after that because yeah. it wasn't in order. <laughs> like, it just didn't mean anything. Yeah. So, and so I just kind of had to vibe with her. And that was a real learning experience then. So the next time I didn't write any cue cards, I just had a few points. Yeah. And I knew it, this is really about conversation and just winging it and being yourself. So after that, I reduced the prep time to maybe two days. It's still a lot of work. It's still a lot, a lot of work. It is. But I had a better sense of what was needed to fill that space because you got 10 by 10 and, you know, there's only so much you yeah. can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, the, did you actively go, like, how did you first kind of get set up with that? Is, have you done any other TV-related stuff? Was this your very first, like, experience doing anything like this? In the entire design profession, yes. Like, I've done things before, like the music stuff we were talking about, right? But yeah. as far as this, yeah, no. So they were looking... Um, I know someone who knew someone there and they were in a conversation and they were looking. Shout to Rita. She, she, she recommended me. And I will always be grateful for her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she recommended me. When she heard that they're looking for designers, oh, yeah, we're looking to expand our pool. She goes, oh, why don't you talk to Michael? And she goes, who's that? And gave him my email. So one day I just got a email saying, we're looking. We'd love to talk to you if you're interested. Come audition. So yeah. I said, oh, yeah, for sure. So I went down. <laughs> the audition was, oh, actually, it was supposed to be like filming somewhere. And they said they couldn't really do that. So they said, come down to the set and we're just going to we're going to shoot you after the audience leave. But the camera will be there and you're going to do a dining, a coffee table. 
like just decorate a coffee Did table. Did you plan for it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Four hours of prep for this little yeah. coffee table. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. You know what? This makes the most me feel better. coffee table in the history yeah. of my <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. So they basically was like a, they did a similar thing with you. Yeah. Yeah. They were yeah. just like testing that you weren't going to be a disaster on camera. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like, <laughs> so you did the same thing. You had to go down for an audition in person? Yeah. Like I basically Googled how to get on Marilyn Dennis and oh, wow. I found a form. <laughs> There's a form and really? I filled it out. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's like, maybe, I don't even know if it's still there, but this was like probably a year ago. And then you, I had to submit a video. Like you had to answer the questions on the form. Right. You had to make right. like a minute video. Mine was a disaster. I've actually shared it on Facebook in my like closed Facebook group. And then <laughs> it was like three months. I never heard anything. I was like, well, I screwed that up. Oh, like, wow. And yeah. then three months. And I think it's because they, probably were like planning because it was in the it was kind of like before the new season would start they had yes. a bunch so of people they were come finished. in yeah. yeah yeah so I came in with I had a whole like oh yeah over prepared I had a presentation deck of like how we would accomplish this thing that we were going to do <laughs> and then uh whatever and it, it was great but um and then so and what then, did you do on your first episode of well, for the testy thing, I did uh, how to mix pattern pillows, patterns, and stuff. So right. I kind of yeah. like showed a strategy for how to mix like three different patterns together um, and color palettes and stuff. And then when we did the legit one, we it was tweaked. It was I think it was like tips for styling, um, like a like a like a design like a designer or something like that. So we we played a little bit of that into it, but we blew it out a bit bigger kind of thing. Right. But right. Um, but yeah, once a month, I don't know, like, for you, is this something that you've always wanted to do? And then we're going to talk about your backstory, because I want to hear about that. But I'm just very curious, like, did your friend know you wanted to do this? Or did you? No, no, she just, she said she thought I would do well, and it'd be perfect for it. And so, so she recommended me without telling me, then she gave me a heads up. Oh, yeah, I yeah. recommend it. I go, oh, really? And then the, I got the email, I think the same day. So I didn't get a chance to process it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then with that, so did I, yeah, be on TV, sure. It, it, yeah. it wasn't on my ch- in immediate checklist because you always think I'm not ready and, you know, everybody on there, you know, is you kind of, you watch and you kind of worship from afar, right? Yeah. Worship, that's a weird word. Me not worship, but you know, you kind of, these are, these mean. are, You're like, these oh are man, people. yeah, yeah. I wish I could be doing that or yes. they're amazing, they're so good at this, whatever it is, yeah. Totally. 100%. So, so, um what do they call it? That syndrome, imposter syndrome. You used yes. to get the imposter syndrome, right? So, and I felt that there too. So it was something I wanted to, but when it came up for sure, I knew I really wanted to do it for sure. I believed I could do it well, as long as I get by the nerves. And it's, it's crazy how nervous you nervous you are. Like, I never remember even what I say. <laughs> like, yeah, you black out. <laughs> yes. It's like, like what? what? I, I hope I answered their questions. Yeah. I don't know what No, and the wor- is the worst part not when you're like, on my first experience, I said the name of the artist wrong that I wanted. I was like, I want to make sure that I said, I don't. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Eh? Great Urban Burn. You guys get enough. Like, I want to say this artist's name. And I emailed yeah. her to help me pronounce it. And she told me a way to help me. And I ended up saying, yeah. like, completely wrong. And, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't notice it until after I came home. I said to Dave, my, my oh, brother, wow. I go, uh, Dave, I'm pretty sure I said, uh, Tate, I said, I don't remember what I thought. But anyways, I fully said it wrong. Mm. Completely wrong. <laughs> but the whole thing is like, you have to wait to watch it on TV. To, to know. Oh, terrifying. Eh? On the thing that you feel like you did wrong. And then you have to yeah. wait, watch it back and go like, oh my yeah. God. 
yeah. So bad. Yeah, that that uh, the viewing parties afterwards are always. I got to the point where when I think I had a bad show, I just gently don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> watch it by myself. Yeah, yeah. And if it's okay, then I'll send like, the link. Okay. Hey, watch me online. <laughs> totally. I do the exact same thing where I'm not going to like post anything about it until like, I know for sure, especially the first one you're like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to go. What, what's the audience size for City Line? Like, that wasn't a lot. It, it must be 50 people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very really small. But it's almost worse that it's smaller. For yeah, me. because it's intimate. You yeah. you connect, you recognize everybody after yeah, a couple like, minutes. you see their and, faces, you make <laughs> eye contact, you're like, oh. yeah, so yeah. crazy. And you, you know what's so hard, what I found awkward too, is you're not talking to them. You're talking to, well, for me, it was Tracy, right? Same, Who's yeah. amazing. I mean, at, obviously Tracy's been doing it forever, yeah. so she, she's just guiding you through. And she sees if you're stumbling or you're struggling, and she just kind of takes you to the next one and leads you. So you go through that. But for my first one, it was all about delivering this message and wasn't dialed into her so much. So that was the thing. They said, you know, just talk to her. She'll take you through. And then after, once I was conscious of that, that she's there to kind of make me look good, it got a lot easier. I mean, I'm still nervous, still oh. everything else, still stumble, but yeah, I get it now. You know, I'm a little yeah. more used to it. Yeah, yeah. My I enjoy first, it though. Love it. Oh my God. It, honestly, the high, I'm like, this is what I'd rather be doing. Like, that's the goal for me. It's like host a TV show. I'd much if rather. Only just, I can make money doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, I did the same thing though, where you kind of, you feel like you're, you know, when you're doing a presentation, like back in corporate, for example, like normally it's like about looking at your audience. And so I felt yes, the same thing. Yeah. I also had a yeah. serious case of like sweaty pits. <laughs> I wore, I wore a similar color shirt as your t-shirt. And I didn't bring oh, a so it sucks. They, they were like, oh, you wow. can if you want. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to go there with what I'm wearing. And literally I put, I put, uh, I had to put like, they put Kleenex in there for me. And then <laughs> I don't know if they do this, but you have to go do like a test run first thing in the morning with a producer before you actually do it. I don't know if you guys do No, that. no, you don't so do that. I had to do that. I show up. I'm like, sorry guys. Like I, I have really sweaty pits. Like I was just saying it to the people, like it wasn't the audience or whatever. And then one of my, things fell out of my shirt onto the floor <laughs> like oh the tissue yeah so thank god they <laughs> you're did stuffing a test your bra rent. or something yeah so it was like really i was the i was like the girl who they got a fan for me in the back while i was waiting i was like the girl with the sweaty pits i was like they're never gonna have me back oh, i was like so high maintenance with my pits <laughs> anyway This podcast is supported by Ultralux Linens. And guess what, guys? I got my new living room drapes. And of course, it was Ultralux Linens that made them. And they're absolute pure perfection. So I have never owned real drapes before. No, I've owned real drapes. I haven't owned custom drapes before. And so I really feel like I've made it. And I love them because they don't flare on the bottom, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't like a really bulky drape. And so when they arrived... They were perfectly accordion folded. Don't think that's the technical term for it, but they were perfect and they went in and it's like it transformed my living room. They are made perfectly. The pleat is perfect. I'm, the length was perfect. Everything was amazing. And I've got more drapes coming in. It's like they're coming. They're coming fast and furious. I've got my bedroom and I've got my music nook and dining room next. So I'll keep you posted. But guys, they carry over 75 different fabric brands. And the great thing is it's all under one roof. You're going to get the exact same designer pricing you'd get if you went to all of these brands direct. 
You can tell them about new brands you're interested in in case they don't happen to have them and she will absolutely try to get those for you. They have towels. You can pick the colors that you want. They have bed linens. You can get custom duvet covers made. Again, just pick any old fabric you want. Get exactly what you need. Bingo, bango. You are done. And there's so much more. They carry so many different things. It's incredible. If you are not already following them on Instagram, go to Ultralux Linens, follow them. Let's give them a little love. Also go to ultraluxlinens.com. And if you are in the GTA and you are at the Toronto International Design Center, they are suite 202 on the second floor. So go check them out, guys. They're amazing. Um, okay, so I was definitely reading about the fact that you used to work for, like, uh, you were creative div- director for, like, an agency. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming it was, like, an advertising agency then? Yes, advertising. I was actually a partner at an agency. Wowzers. Okay, so so let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, you yeah. go, where do you go to school? Like, how do we get here? Tell, take okay, me Ontario, College of, Ontario College of Art and Design. So, uh yeah, and I, I double majored in communication and design, which is pretty much advertising okay. and fine arts. So, and I did photography on the side. So by the time I, so it's four years and LCA is an amazing college. It's intense, hardly only 300 people a year getting to really, you know, from around the world. Wow. Really, really, it's actually a university now. Yep. So anyway, so I had a major education there. When I got out, I was, uh, I got a job at, at, a, at an ad agency. Where I was the in-house graphic designer slash illustrator because I did both. And, I'm a uh, graphic designer. Really? Yes, that's what I went to school for graphic design. So this is why it really piqued my interest. How old are you at this point? Like mid twenties then? Early twenties? Uh, yeah, twenty one, yeah. twenty two. Oh, no, wow. but yeah, twenty two because OCA was four years. Yeah, okay. so it's twenty two. So I got that, and the company was doing well and it was awesome. And then they 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 landed some big clients, like the government Canada was one of our clients, and oh, wow. did stuff for some malls. And then they lost a couple of clients, and so they laid off half their staff including myself oh. and, I, and I remember like the like it was yesterday sitting in my car so I'm paying off college loans I'm feeling amazing I haven't moved out yet no I actually moved out moved out and I had my car and I'm making money you know you know it's not a lot of oh, money yeah. but it'll now like, but yeah. but it's a regular but check a and I'm doing art. for sure yeah yes and then, and then all of a sudden it just crashes to a stop I'm like thank god I didn't do anything stupid with money I was paying bills right but I remember sitting there thinking the decisions they made, which I thought were questionable at the time, like the people who ran this company, I was like, they have drastically affected me. And I'm like, I'm never going to put my, give someone that much control over my career ever again. I go, that's it. That's, I'm done. I'm working for myself. I'm not working for anybody ever again. That was, I said, I'm done. And, and how many I pretty years much, this? Like, that wasn't even a year. I didn't. That didn't even last a year. Yeah, it was quick. Like, it was just ramping up. I think we were eight months in. They bought a new building. They bought all this crazy furniture because they landed these big deals. And so they went nuts. and They hired all these people. Mm. And too much too fast, right? Mm. And so we were all excited. It was good. And I was seeing my work printed. And I was, like, developing this portfolio. No, it was probably, it was was less than two years. Maybe it was a year and a half. Either way. To to realize that you're, like, I'm not going to work for the man anymore, the person. Uh, That's really amazing. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I, I, I um, joined us. So some guys I went to school with, they started a magazine. It was, it was a, uh, an urban magazine, like hip-hop and R&B magazine. A little um, small, half-sized ma- magazine. It wasn't even full gloss. Anyways, I was looking. It was really cool. This stuff didn't exist. It was really cool back then. I approached them. I said, listen, I can really help you the layout because it was just not looking good. Mm. So I approached him. I said, listen, let me lay it out for you. And I went and I did some stuff and I started doing some illustrations for it. In the meantime, I was freelancing. I was doing, 
uh, I was doing illustration freelance, you know, so I was doing um, editorial illustration for Globe and Mail. I was doing some books. I was doing some wall mirrors. So there's a whole fine art side that I was really doing, paint, doing uh, custom paintings for people. Wow. Um, and so I started doing graphic design for this thing. And then we re- it really blew up. This magazine blew up. I became a partner. Um, we went full gloss with stuff. We started shipping across Canada. It got pretty big, pretty fast. We had a five-year run. Um, we started what we called the... At the time, the magazine was called Mike Check Magazine, like Mike Check yep. One Two Three. We were interviewing stars. I mean, that came everybody with the, with the record labels who came over to do promotional concerts. We got to interview and be of them first, so I got to interview a lot of meet a lot of great stars. Okay, who people. was your favorite? Who was the most memorable person you guys <laughs> to talk to? Uh, you know what? Eric Benet was one of my best interviews because he was just an amazing guy to talk to yeah but I interviewed Destiny's Child that's the most because it was Destiny's Child so I'm sorry I'm <laughs> so know. sorry are you telling me that you interviewed Beyonce yeah is this yeah. what you're saying right now I have to share this story because it's so amazing you and do. I, I remember telling yes so um <laughs> there's actually pictures on my Facebook you go way back you'll see me there with photos of like I got photos of us in the hotel room anyways <laughs> but this is pre the split this is when there was four of them so this is young Beyonce. Yeah. And um, so anyways, so I interviewed them. Just to go really quickly to this part, which was really amazing. They were in there. I was interviewing two of them in one room, and another person from another magazine was interviewing in another room. It was a joint hotel. And we finished. We were the last ones for the day. Yeah. And as it finished, they left. And then um, so Beyonce and Kelly were going to walk in and join on my side. So now I'm sitting there on this couch with the four of them, and we just got time to kill. So we're just talking about – I know, so I'm just – trying to keep a straight spine, kind of get my Mac on. I'm being cool. Like, I, I, no, please don't sweat. No sweaty armpits. You don't just... No. <laughs> yeah. And literally, so I'm, on the, so I'm on one chair and three of them on the other chair and then Beyonce's beside me, kind of standing beside me and she's wearing this half shirt. I swear, this is so true. And we're talking about all the albums coming out and other girl groups. And so we're naming songs and they're just singing them. Acapella, serenade. Like I have chills. I'm, I'm telling you, I was like, please don't tell. Please, hopefully, they can't see my chills. Please, please, I don't, because I'm covered in chills. Yeah. Like literally, Beyonce's yeah. on my left, and the other three on my right. Oh my god. Then one time she she kneels down because she's standing too long. So she's we're like here and here, and they're singing for me live. Like oh my god, amazing. So I said, let's take some pictures. And I had this chain, and I remember um, Latavia was one of the ones. She said, oh my god, I like this necklace. And I go, yeah, it's really good. Then my mind, should I give it to her? Should I not give it? What I do? I don't know. Dude. Like, <laughs> I'm stuck. Like this, there's no. I don't have a Mac game. This is out of my league. I don't know what's going No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I'm glad you did it because I feel like that could have been weird. I, I just didn't know what to do. Like, could you imagine like if you wanted. gave it to her and then it showed up like in a video or something? I know. <laughs> so anyway, so that was when I got some great pictures. They sang eventually we had their wrap up. They gave me, um, they came back a couple weeks later. So I had backstage passes to their con. They were performing. Who did they open for? I can't remember. But I remember bringing a friend of mine, and she's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I'm in the audience. They spotted me, and they kind of pointed me out and waved. And then we went backstage, and like, oh, my God, hug, 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 hug. And so I, for those two weeks, I was the man. Oh, my like God, you are the Jay's. man. <laughs> so that That's was kind of a highlight of, of that magazine, yeah. So the interview's out there and photos of uh, – I don't even remember what I wrote in the interview, to be honest. Oh, my God. I don't remember. Okay, I'm going to ask one last question about this because it needs yes, to be asked. Yes, yeah. Oh, what? what? Okay, so of the four group members, who did you find to be the most personable? Uh, it doesn't even it was, matter. It was, it was Latoya. Ooh. Oh, yeah? So, 
Okay. So Latoya, she, she actually has a career right now. Uh, so there's Latavia, Latoya, Kelly, and Beyonce. So Kelly and Beyonce were nice. We're really nice. But Latoya was mad, 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 mad cool. She was really, really cool. She um, had a big song up there and she's acting right now. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought Kelly Rowland was the least. She was the one that kind of played around. She did it. She kind of formally smiled and was nice to me. But yeah, even like, when I backstage. Like a uh, genuineness yeah. or whatever, potentially. Like, that's a cool, that's freaking cool, man. That's yeah, amazing. I got serenaded by myself, by Destiny's Child, alone in a room with Beyonce wearing a half top. I mean, come on. Before <laughs> social media was a thing, and before, like, you're like, if- yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if only I could have lived, lived yeah, that Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> that is. I have a billion followers right now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you could, like, use that to, uh, to get some more followers and whatnot. That's amazing. That is the coolest. So, this is what you're doing. Okay, so what's going on with the magazine? Obviously, that's awesome. So what happens? Doing well. So I'll speak through this. We're doing the magazine. It's We're all across good. Canada. We had time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do. I don't know. Wine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I meant to tell you I'm going to be sitting there. <laughs> um, so the magazine's going across Canada. At the same time, I started a record. I started managing some acts. I'm writing music. I'm loving music. We're doing some performance. We're doing the live showcase. We started the much music. Sorry, the Mike Check Music Awards which then became the Kuma Awards, which is the Canadian Urban Music Awards. Um, oh. It was hosted by Russell Peters. Um, wow. And uh, Master T back then. Anyway, so yep. um, it's funny. Mike, my Russell Peters did a joke once because back then we were put on the magazine. There was the odd spelling, spell, sorry, spelling mistakes in the magazines and stuff. So when he's introducing it, talking about jokes, he's obviously ripping us. And he goes, oh, you should change our name to spell check instead of mic check. And uh, I remember, it, oh, my God, guy, we're paying you to host our show. show. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you calling me out right now? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, but um, <clears throat> I wasn't a writer. I was the creative director. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it wasn't my fault. <laughs> so anyways, we did that. It, it was really, really cool. Then uh, in that, it opened up an opportunity for me to manage some acts. I met a lot of producers and wrote some music. Uh, started my record label we um put up some music uh so we did pretty well like that i had a hit song out that was a song i wrote and kind of executive produced with a friend of mine that did pretty well on much music it won a much music award we got a record deal (laughs) we got a record deal we went out we started doing tours across canada with um the artist kb and um, then i Signed some other acts. So that went really well for a while. And then I really started taking the uh, um, the music label side a little bit more serious. <clears throat> I was going back and forth to the States, marketing my artists. Because I realized we did really well with the song, the Juno nominations. We sold singles. We had a deal with LePage Music, which was Bare, Bare, Bare Naked Ladies um, uh, company. Wow. Um, and I remember after the checks were all, uh, every bills were all paid and the checks were cashed. There was really not left, nothing left. Like being in Canada, yeah. even if you go gold, the numbers are just so small, right? So if you're not hitting in the States, you're not making money. And so I, I started I, to go to New is York. Is it wrong? I feel like I've heard like artists really make their money touring. So it's like- hundred yeah. percent. So you need a fan base. So yeah. oh, we'll skip all that. But the bottom line, so the, now the, the magazine got to the point where we had to shut it down. I had a few partners- that wasn't really working out and the record companies were pulling back and things were starting to change a little bit. Um, so we shut that down. <clears throat> I was running my music for a little bit and I was still doing, I was running my graphic design company on the side. So I focused on that. And then I took a job, which I thought was a client at this company, um, beauty manufacturer place and wound up becoming their creative director. So we did that for five years. So I was doing TV and ads and print magazines and so on and so forth. Started my rec- my 
I was doing freelance graphic design on the side and I started getting so, so, so busy mm. that um, I worked out with the owner of the company to just let me reduce my hours. Even though I was running this department, I grew the team and so on and so forth. I was starting to make more money on my own business. So I reduced my hours this week of three hours a week there. And then I eventually I, I found someone to groom to take my place. I left that and I focused on my business working from home. Um, I landed this one client that was pretty big and together they do a new marketing company um, downtown and together we landed a big client. It's like Electrolux Canada, Frigidaire, all kind of stuff. So with my portfolio and their marketing together, we were able to land this client and they were one of my biggest clients. And at that point it's okay. Things are changed now. It's you're getting too big to have an external company. Why don't you join us? So I amalgamated my company. I bought into the company, amalgamated, brought some of my team members there. We moved downtown. And that's how I became a partner at uh, Scratch Marketing, which is still what? Right now doing Stop. Work. This is how I know you. Oh, my gosh. I told you it I recognized you. just hit me. Holy shit. As soon as I... <laughs> Dude. Remember I DM'd you? I said, I know you from somewhere. Yes. And it must be TV. Herbal Magic. You guys used yes. to do ads for Herbal Magic. I did your magic. thing. Holy cow. I, Whoa. As soon as, as soon as you said, it hit me. I remember we did your store. We did some print ads. Yeah, that was... What the You guys shit? were in Mississauga at the time. Yes. We out. <laughs> I knew it wasn't insane. I knew. I'm like, no, man. I know this guy's face. Like, I... Or your name. Or like, I... Yeah. I that is freaky. But me, like I was saying to Dave, too. We I think we did meet in person one because I came to the office one time. I love that that all just happened on the podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a small world. What? So you were one of the partners there? Yes. Wow, man. Okay. That is pretty, you, you, that's funny. You launched out of your seat. <laughs> mind blown. I'm like, did you get oh there really only after I reacted? Only when you reacted. As soon yeah. as you said yes, I'm like, yes, yes. Like, your, your face looked I, familiar, but it, it was just too familiar to just being uh, uh, from, from yeah, idea from well, you. Then I started to second guess myself because then I thought I, I thought it was like, okay, I felt like I saw on your Instagram something about an artist. I was like, maybe it's that or like, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm really good at faces. Like I'm really, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And then I just so it cool. up to like, no, I must have saw him on TV. I don't know. Wow, that's just going to, that is this is nuts right now to me. Okay. So I'm pretty sure wow. we worked on a project together. So I'm going to identify this. A million percent we did. I remember, the, I remember the shit we did. We did banner ads too. Yes, on, on, the, on websites. I re, we yeah. re-edited one of your commercials. The one, it was a really good commercial actually. Oh my God. Actually. Um, the those? one where, where the wedding, no, the wedding one. Where oh, she those said, are I, amazing. I lost my, yes, yes. Yes. So we, um, we had to make, we had to Canadianify them basically. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Okay. <laughs> back on track so back scratch track. which i worked with you when you were there <laughs> wow anyways okay so what so, happens after scratch we won't so, shit talk okay, scratch so, obviously because you were perfect. no 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 I, i'm big fans <laughs> no, it was amazing i, I loved working with you guys. guys yeah 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 um season seat holders with one of the partners there still so anyways oh, so um, they're still their scratch is still in existence yeah david rob and elan are still doing it and um razzy who's one of the guys there i'm still i'm actually working I on this condo razzy. i worked with him very closely we were the yes kneeling exchanging oh my god we're renovating his condo right now actually we just got the phone with him like an hour ago. I'm going <laughs> to tag them yesterday. when I put this out. So I hope that, that's okay with your permission. Oh, I, oh okay, yeah, for good. sure. Yeah, for <laughs> this sure. is the best. Um, so I was there for a while. And then it got to the point. So there was a whole transition of what was happening in the marketing world, advertising world. And I decided I'm going to make a change in my life. Um, 
had amazing run doing the advertising, et cetera, et cetera, creative director. And I was getting more and more into, into real estate investing. I started a company with a brother and a few, a few friends of us. We were a football team and we always talk about the best of best of best. And one day we bought a condo and we started, launched us. You just bought a condo? <laughs> Honestly, it was. We talked about it for so long and then three of the guys were downtown and they were building this new condo right by the Prince's Gates, uh, Water Park Towers, um, right on Calixto. And they're like, guys, they're building this condo. We're going to go check it out. It's an amazing location. And they said, oh, it's like $15,000 now, like every condo. So let's just do it. They called us on the phone. You guys want to do it? We said, do it. We said it was like six months, well, $2,000 each. Let's just do it. Oh, wow, they bought so it that day. And that was the first. Then we said, okay, now we got to open an account. And that just launched us investing. We bought other places. We were renting, flipping, and so on and so forth. We just needed to pull the trigger. So that was amazing. Yep. So anyways, I was getting more and more interested in their, into, the, into the investing side and the potential of what that can do. So we started doing more and more and more. And then I transitioned out. I was going through a major change in my life. I was going through a sep- started through a separation. I had a new son who was just born, uh, second child. And um, Sorry, how old are you, you think we are? Like, how, like at what point, are, how old are you now? Like where, how many years in after, you know? So I was at Scratch for five years. So this is 15 years after graduating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, did, yeah, I was in that. I was in that industry for about 15 years. Okay. I'm gonna stop the. I'm gonna stop the math there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, so we transitioned out. We had a great talking with partners. We said we're gonna. I'm gonna transition out. No problem. We'll do this. And I took time to stuff. And I decided I'm gonna go into real estate investing. I um spent a year taking courses and studying and stuff. I went to states and Vegas and. I took a few courses with Scott McGilvery and a lot of different people who just really, who was a huge inspiration for me at the time. I was, we were selling our house. I was getting my own place. But, but by then I've renovated, I've done base. I, I knew I had a flair. I knew I loved it. Renovated. I, I did everything by hand. I drew sketches for basements and for my friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I loved doing it. Never occurred to me as a career. In oh fact, God. I never met an interior designer in my life. Yeah. Right. But the invest, the real estate investing was really good. And I have a friend of mine who, uh, um, prospect properties who um, who flips homes and he does uh, multi-million dollar homes in the Mississauga area and I would come in and help him during the ends all the time um, back there help him pick the tiles and so on and so forth and even with my partners when you flip a house I would only really get excited if there was work to be done <laughs> like oh, okay. if we could buy a prefab place like a, a pre-construction property yeah it's great you pick you know you pick the countertops you sell it but if we bought a place that needed work I'm in, like, I'm in, yeah, I'm down, yeah. I don't care if we made less money. I wanted the thing to look great. Yeah. So on one of his projects, he was not a partner in this investment group, but he's doing his, we were doing a, a house for him, a big, beautiful house, and we're, you know, we're playing all the sound system and the tile. And he looks at me and he said, Michael, he saw how lit up I was. He said, why don't you just do this? And I go, well, what do you mean this? Because the design, interior design, this is what you love. I'm like, oh, light bulb, light bulb. I'm like, I never even thought of that because the, the deals I'm investing in, in real estate, you know, you might as well be a lawyer, right? Like, yeah. like it's, and I mean, it's, it's like, I'm sure you're like loving the money, but you're not like, yes. you're clearly a creative. Like when you talk yeah. about the things you're doing, like you are, you need to be creative. Exactly. So my juices were just drying up inside. I said, I needed to do something. Right. And then, the, the, and I felt like a kid out of college because it was a whole new world I got to explore. Um, and so literally within 24 hours, 
I created a Facebook page, Michael Lambie Interiors. And then I say 24 hours later, but it could be two days later. But very yeah, shortly, yeah. someone I knew from way back, because I had a lot of followers on Facebook and doing stuff and the parties and stuff. So people knew, yep. knew me. Reached out and said, oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing my condo. Do you want to help? I'm nervous. I said, yeah. So I did my first condo with her. We, we did some really cool stuff. We changed her den into this giant walk-in closet and stuff. Before that job was finished, she referred me to a friend of hers who was going to redecorate her house. And so I went and did that. And before that was finished, she referred me to her parents' house. So we renovated her. Six months later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a website. I need business cards. I need to, yeah. I need to slow this down. Not slow it down. I, need to I mean, that's a great business. problem. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Yeah. So seven years later. Seven years, eh? And we're not doing the math on that. Uh, so oh, yes. <laughs> that's amazing that you, okay. So it's really funny. So many things relating on here. Um, the same thing happened to me where I was in this house and a friend of mine said, you should be a designer, an interior designer. And I was like, I should. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was still like, a herbal magic then, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I might have, I think I still was. And it was like, it, it never, same as you, never once had it crossed my mind. I used to use like InDesign and Illustrator to, like yes. back in the day when I got my new apartment, I to would do, do layouts. floor plans in Illustrator. Yes, uh, Illustrator, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And I would go measure and I would make my floor plans, my elevations. <laughs> never once did it ever cross my mind. Like I didn't know a single interior designer. I yeah. knew in theory that it existed as a Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's entered like, my brain either. So thank you to our friends who yeah. said these things to me. 100%. And to us. Um, so... I would okay. So I want to go back to a couple of things. Okay, so we touched on it a little bit. Like obviously, you're very, very creative. Like when you're mm. a young child, are you? You were always an artist. Yeah, drawing, 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 drawing. Like all my family, my family did them. I remember I'm the youngest of four boys, so I was always in awe of my old brother's drawing. So I wanted to be like them. The difference is, I drew every day, and they drew once a week, maybe. Oh, so, loved it so much. Yeah. quickly, I closed that gap, and then all of a sudden, they were in awe of me, and I'm like, really? Like, all of a sudden, I'm, and then I remember, like, in grade four or five, I just did this project, and everybody freaked out, and the teacher put it up, it goes in the hallway, and everyone's like, oh, I think I'm pretty good at this. It didn't even occur yeah. to me. And then my, what changed my life was walking down the hallway during a recess, and there was these two guys in a classroom just drawing with comics all over the, uh, the desk. So, I walked up, and said, hey, guys, let me see, can I see what you're doing? And I didn't know who these guys were. You know, great for um, yep. They let me, so I'm looking at a client, I'm looking at the drawing super, I was like, oh my gosh. And I sat there, started drawing with them. I started drawing with them all the time. And oh, we cool. just got so wrapped up. Okay, I really have to put this out there. Um, this a teacher, um, a librarian, would see us doing that. And she was a librarian, but she had an art background. So she actually took us aside and, and, and it would, at lunchtime, the recess, give us art classes. And uh, put give us projects and just really took so we did this for the next two years and um because oh the school at the grade six just changed the direction of my life really let me know that art could be something in fact when we were going to go to um junior high next um uh Aliyah junior high school we were going to go there which is a killing shepherd area so the toronto area um when i got there we all three of us got put up into enrichment classes because she wrote a letter saying how it, how hard and dedicated we are as students and so on and so forth to them that meant we were brilliant i mean i was like no, I'm not brilliant. I'm an artist. Like, I was, I was yeah, like, yeah. all these really smart kids, like in rich science or rich all the math. And like, no, no, no. I wound up changing most of those classes down to just regular, but I did keep, keep in rich science and enriched math. I kept two of them, but the rest I just did regular advanced. But anyway, so she trajectory. So many years later, when I was doing the TV stuff, I went back 
just kind of thank her. But she literally passed away like two years before. Oh my God. And I missed the opportunity. I'm telling you, that's the teacher that changed my life. Mrs. O'Neill. I got to tell her daughter though, because I went to school with her daughter. Yeah. And I said, your mother is it. She, she literally changed my life and just saw something in me that obviously no one knew was there. And I can never forget that. Oh, I love that you like went back to tell her. That's like the best that you did that. I wish I went earlier though. This is O'Neill. Changed my life. Shepherd Public School. That's where you drawing before you did more of the like the um, uh, comic. Those comics come. It was before it was anything. I just drew faces and people. But it was comics forever. Like uh, I and then sorry. So when I got to junior high, um, sorry. we were still drawing, still pretty good. And then the, the high school I went to was C.W. Jeffries, which is named after one of the group of seven. So there's two schools in, in the GTA that were named after C.W. after the group of seven, okay. which are Canadian's famous artists. One was A.Y. Jackson, which was in Scarborough, and one is C.W. Jeffries, which is in North York. Um, and you had to apply. They had a special art program, a whole wing dedicated to the arts, and you had to apply to get in. And so I applied for high school to get in because I didn't live in the area. So I got in there with the same one of the guys who's still a friend of mine um who oh and so we went to art high school there and we had the most amazing art background so we were doing life drawing like we were doing oh. printmaking and photography and sculpture with um wood and stone it's, i'm talking from grade 10 to grade 13 back then uh, just incredible. intense uh, by the time i got up, out of high school i was way ahead of everybody i went to oca with it took the first year of OCA is called the Foundation Studies, which was a repeat of my college, my high school years. It was an oh. amazing art program. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it still exists, but but yeah, that was an amazing background. So I've always been into art. I've always painted. There's a lot, even the story I just took you, I, I kind of left out a bunch of stuff. Um, I did have an amazing moment. I'll share this with just another chill moment, Destiny's Child in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher moment. That was also, that gave me chills. Yes. So in high school, during this point, uh, one of our teachers was an amazing painter, and I started painting. So Charlie and I, Charlie is my good friend since grade four. The one that introduced me to drawing, we went to school together all the way through to college, OCA too as well. Okay. Oh, wow. So anyways, so I started painting, and I just found I was really good at painting wildlife, and we just loved it. And Robert Bateman, who's a yeah. really uh, amazing wildlife Canadian artist, um, was our influence. I wanted to be the next Robert Bateman. Loved him, loved him, and painted, and I have a whole bunch of paintings that I did growing up with acrylic almost not photorealism, but realism. Yeah. So fast forward, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. So I started teaching summer schools. I used to teach um, photography and life drawing to kids and adults uh, up in Milton, at the Milton Art Center. And um, so the Milton Art Center was brand new. And my first day of doing adult photography courses, um, I go to my class and I'm walking to class. The, on the door says the Robert Bateman room because he helped dedicate money to build the Milton Center. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I like talk about full circle. I'm teaching wow. Robert Bateman's classroom. Chills all I got them just got them now. It was yeah. just an amazing, amazing moment to say thank you, Robert. Never met you, but yeah. Another guy that his work changed my career when I realized I can paint. Because I painted for years even after college. And I do paintings for clients now too. Like oh yeah painting has always been something for me. Yeah. I, oh my God. That that's amazing. It's um not the same story at all, but my, my dad is an art, a professional artist, and he, one of his, uh, are you familiar with, you're probably familiar with Andrew Wyeth? Yes, yeah. And yeah, yeah. so that was a huge influence of yes. my dad. Then he had a painting 
and he actually got the opportunity to meet him and he made a sculpture of him and stuff. So that was his moment. Oh, wow. Um, but he had a painting of, uh, I forget her name, but it was his muse, the one who was in a wheelchair. You know, the one yes. where she's at the bottom of the hill and she's kind of looking yes, up in looking her hair. Like, yes, yes. It's a beautiful the painting, yeah, right? It's a whole series, yeah. Yeah. And so I had a client, this was like early in my career, like when I had changed careers uh, from graphic design and she... Um, I'm going on memory right now, but when we first started talking, I think we were, she sent me photos of her condo and um, on the wall was that painting. Oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> what the You're hell? I was like, to do this job. Yeah. yeah. And to me, yeah. it felt like a sign that I was like on the right yes. kind of thing. hundred percent. And I asked her about it and she's like, oh, I have no idea who the artist is, but I like, <laughs> She said something like, um, my, I think she said her sister had that um, print in her house and she just always really loved it or something like that. Really but, cool. But yeah, it was really kind of like similar, like, whoa, like, because I literally, I've never seen anybody else like have, I mean, it's a popular painting or print, obviously. Yeah. No, like, I don't know anybody my age who would have that or whatever, but, um, well, that's really cool. So did you, um, you, had you ever wanted to pursue more of like a, illustration for comics or animation at all like did you ever think about you that? know what up until up into going into OCAD I had no idea because this no idea what I could do with art yeah um I just knew I could do a lot of things I, I had photography I loved it I loved to paint I loved to draw I just knew I loved it and I just had to work in this field but you heard the starving artist I just always thought I had to do paintings for people yeah. and then when I got into OCAD it opened up the world for me I realized realize instantly that everything is design mm -hmm. and everything that we own right now is by designer and some yeah. artists played a part in something like oh my god it's not what can i do it's what do i want to do because there's so much choices so by the time i finished oca the um i i actually had a little conflict because i had a couple different portfolios and i remember meeting with one of my teachers saying i don't know how to put my portfolio together because i have photography i have paintings i have um, graphic design and stuff and he he just kind of ex explained to me about your portfolio process he said depending on your interview curve your portfolio that way so if mm -hmm. it's a graphic design position always show what you can do but just do mostly graphic design if it's an illustration job always stuff and I never kept any which was really helpful I never kept any door closed so that I wound up doing all sorts of stuff all the time which is kind of kind of my life like I've shot the tv commercials and stuff I did and the the, the videos I did and I did some short films I was shooting I'm, di I'm directing I'm editing I'm always been involved mm -hmm. in exploring because it's all photography it's just motion which yeah. really all brings us back to interior design the reason I really think I excel at interior design is because I've experienced art in a lot of different ways not just paint on a canvas but because I've shot um, film and because I shot stills it's all about proportions it's all about light it's all about vignettes it's all about color and tones and texture it's all of that I've been dealing with that all my life and because I taught taught photography and I taught life drawing and fine arts I really have that kind of understanding of that for me the learning curve when I became when I got into interior design because I can't even say I'm an interior designer I'm an artist who my palette happens to be people's homes or yeah. people's offices I'm not an interior designer um, when I got into that, the learning curve was just dealing with trades and understanding, you know. There's so many moving pieces. Exactly. It's just that. It's not just deck. Well, deck, I shouldn't say just, but decorating is one thing. And then renovating and stuff, I, which I have a natural knack where I can walk into a house and I know where the support beams are and stuff and what happened and why stuff should happen. I just kind of just naturally know that from my 
I shouldn't say naturally. I've learned that through my inter- my investing. Yeah. So I have a good understanding of construction, and so blending the two worlds was just really simple for me. And I'm curious. Do you feel like? Do you feel like this is actually you love it more than any of the other creative stuff you've done, or do you feel like? I'm really glad that I did what I did because I am just, I feel like I love all the different facets of creativity and this is just kind of where I'm at now and it could be something else yeah. later. That, that, that is, I don't know if it would be anything else later, but that's it. Uh, I definitely can't say I love this more than anything because I've had some incredible experiences. I've had, mm-hmm, yeah. I've had dreams. I've always, okay, so I've always pursued dreams. I've never pursued money. I've pursued wanting to do stuff. Like the reason I wrote a song, my dream was to one day be somewhere where someone doesn't know who I am and see them singing words I wrote. I said, Mm -hmm. that's the day I'm going to feel amazing. And so that happened. I remember we were in Calgary and we were performing uh, at an all-age concert and I was back up singing for the artists. We were singing and we're doing one of our songs and I remember it hit me and looking out and seeing this audience dancing and singing to a song I wrote. And it was like the world stopped. Oh, and it was a song you wrote, yeah. Yeah, because it was... It was, I co-wrote the entire album with the artists yeah, and the songs that we, we had videos out, there were songs I wrote or co-wrote. Um, so this particular song that we won the music award and got nominated for was a song I wrote. And they were singing this song and it was like that, you know, the movie in the moment where everything stops yeah. and like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> like I, I, someone's singing my song. That's amazing. And- That's incredible. Okay, so I'm very curious. You, so your business now, Michael Lambie Interiors, has been, you've, it's been going for seven years. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, in its incorporated form, I think we're five. So that's and so, really how many serious. people do you have on your team? Like, do you have like direct employees and whatnot? So now I do. Now I have two. So there's three of us who are full time, and the team, you know, as you know, it's, it's yeah. huge, right? It's whoever, and depending on the project, um, I'm doing a little bit of turnover. Actually, I'm just interviewing for another designer because unfortunately, my designer. She's overseas and she's dealing oh, yeah. with some personal issues. Okay. And so now I need to find someone to kind of fill in the void. So I'm just about starting looking for a designer. Yeah. So, you know what? <laughs> Apply with an email. Go to Michael Lambie. He'll tell you how to find him later. Um, so you, when was the, when did you first hire, like, did, were you mostly solo aside from like your people, yes. your trades, like for how long? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe three years. Okay. Three, three, four years. So this, this is what I realized. Okay. It's, 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 we, we, to grow, you have to expand. You have to always be more than what you currently are, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're, you plateau very quick. So I was plateauing very, very quick. After I got over the, the, the initial, can I do this? Can I really design someone's house and bring everything in? I said, yeah, I can do this. And it moves at such a slow pace, right? One project. Yeah. I said, okay, I can do three at once because there's gaps. You order furniture, they take 10 weeks. Well, what am I doing totally. for 10 weeks? I'm not talking to the client for a couple yeah. months. So then I can order, I can work with five clients if I want at once. So once I figured that part out, I started taking on more and more clients and I started advertising because I got a market marketing background. I said, let me go on, let me start social media. Let me put up my website. Let me start marketing. So I started getting calls from people I didn't know really, really coming in, coming in, coming in. And I've always been really good at sales and talking. So even though I didn't have my portfolio, I, was, I, I always knew if I can get that consultation, 
Mm. I'm landing this client. I got a 95% success rate. Get me in your house and I'll blow you away for the hour or two hours that I'm there. Actually, I used to do three hour consultations for free when I started. Oh my God, I can't believe how insane that was. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just Dang. wanted to get in the house. I said, yeah. Because you're like, if I can get point. in, I know I can do it, which 100%. totally makes sense. Yeah. And then someone robbed my, all of my ideas. They didn't, they didn't pay me because mm. I didn't ask them to. But then, yep. so what happens? I got referred by an electrician on this job because we did another job on another thing. And they had a new job. And they said, oh, you got to work with the designer. He's awesome. I gave them a free consultation. I redesigned their basement. I did this whirlwind. They loved the idea. And then they never heard from them again. Six months later, I ran into the uh, electrician. He goes, ah, it's a shame you didn't work on that job with us. I'm like, what? Well, they did it? He goes, yeah. I said, hold on. Did they do this, 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 and this? He goes, yeah. I go, oh. They just took all my, I gave them all my, they didn't yeah. take anything. I gave them all my ideas for free. And why would they call me back? They had yeah. it. Yeah. They took the notes and yeah. my, so that was the last time I ever did a free consultation ever yeah. after that. Um, and now I know three hours is way too long for anything. So I do an hour and a half, two hours yeah. charge. It's also good in getting into the business thing. If somebody's new and thinking about this, it's also, I find a good way to kind of judge the potential of, the relationship with your client, if someone is not willing to pay you for your consultation and not very comfortable in paying yep. you for your consultation, you might want to second guess doing anything with them. Yeah. Because when someone scoffs at that early number, yeah, you're like, dude, you have no idea to come yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's either you don't want to really want to pay for this project you want, or you don't value a designer working with you. Either are fine. Yeah. I don't have a place exactly. in this scenario, right? Exactly. So... Yeah, you want to be proud and strong and really aggressive with how you're, your thing and don't budge, don't negotiate because as soon as you start, you're negotiating the entire time for that whole project. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's kind of demeaning to when someone's trying to negotiate your, your hour, your, your value, because like you really are not valuing what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe we negotiate your scope. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, why like, am I going to negotiate? Like, yeah. Or you can just pay me for what you can actually afford or you can realize you have to do it your damn self, like whatever that looks like. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm curious, what were your early clients like? Like, did you, have you seen a massive evolution in the type of clients that you have now versus like early? And and it might be hard to think back to um, the earlier days because there's so many projects coming in, but not so many projects, but you've had a lot of projects since, right? Yeah. So I, I would say just generally speaking, I, I get and I got a lot of people who never worked with designers before. So it was a lot of first time um, because there wasn't any referrals, right? So it wasn't people who were used to it. It was like, we never worked with design before. I'm not even sure how this works. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Which was mm-hmm. good for me too because I was learning how to be a designer. Yeah. Excuse me, right? So um, that, that was small projects, small jobs, the odd rental. I started getting the basements. It also could be the NGS putting out there because basements yeah. and condos are what I really wanted to do. And I started yeah. getting those, right? So I maybe it was just so really, true. yeah. Yeah. And then I want, and I'm, I have a more contemporary slant to my style. I can do anything. I, one of my, my talent is as an artist is that I can create anything I see. So I can do a paint. I can see a painting and I can mimic it. Mm. Anything. If I a drawing, yeah. if it's whatever, I can just do it and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I can copy your signature. I can just yeah. duplicate, right? Yeah. And so that's why interiors are so easy because I mean I can look at fifty thousand pictures and now I can do fifty thousand homes, right? Yeah. So I can I can execute all of that. And so but in the beginning, I think it's because my portfolio was small and I was fairly new that's 
uh, small jobs would come to me. And then as my portfolio grew, I saw it as whenever I got a, a big project, they would get larger. You know, what was a big pivotal moment for me thinking about it was when I got to post that basement I did. Yeah. That, that was clearly a huge budget on another scale. Most people that can't live in a space like this, this is aspirational. I still get people who, who can't afford that, but they, it was seen in a different light. I was seen in different light and it exposed me to more credibility. Yeah. Right. So my portfolio started speaking for me a little bit more than me having to just sell or having to uh, put up Google ads or whatever the case may be. And, oh man, that's so great that you have that background. Like, I mean, I was in marketing, but I still, I didn't do Google ads or stuff like that. So that's so huge because that's such an effective way to use money to advertise. Oh, huge. (laughs) Very efficient. But um, what what was the biggest learning curve? I mean, because you actually also, I feel like there is a bit of a, taking running an agency, an ad agency, and knowing how to balance and project manage, I feel like that's yes. really transferable for sure. What was the 100%. biggest learning curve, like the biggest thing that you struggled with, with regards to the design industry itself and it being different? Like, where did you feel like, oh, this is... Easy answer, dealing with trades. Dealing with trades. When I started taking on... Well, when I started taking on jobs where I had to do some serious renovation... Um, and I was just building up my um, uh, connection to two different contractors. I brought, I worked with contractors who just weren't as passionate or dedicated to the project as me. Yeah. And I, I, I had a few projects where the client at the end said, you know, I love working with you, love your ideas, but I would never work with these guys again. And so what that does is, although I appreciate them telling me that, it still makes me lukewarm in their mind. The experience yeah. with me was lukewarm. Yeah. And I realized, my gosh, no matter how good my ideas are, if I don't have someone who's going to pull them off, they're going to destroy my career. Yeah. And they destroy my relationships. And so it became a priority of mine to work with better, more dedicated professionals because there's a lot of a lot of contractors out there and there's a lot of people who are really good at what they do and can be, but there's not a lot of people who care. Yeah. And what I would have is even I found, okay, my next step was, okay, I'm going to get guys who are big, who can clearly do stuff. But what I found is 90% to the project or 85% of the project are on to the next. And those last that straggler. 10% that finishing, it falls off and I'm still left because that's what the client sees. Like yep. the quality of the backsplash, the base score, this, they don't know all the great work that happened before, which was awesome. They just look mm-hmm. sloppy because these guys were gone. And, and what will happen is a, a, a towel bar would fall off or something that oh. I couldn't get them back. Yeah. So I became now they, awesome. It's like a pain in their ass to go back to your house for that one exactly. tiny little thing. It's so hard to get people to just do that. I became really good at patching walls, at putting up tile, at pulling up stuff. Like I can do everything. I can, obviously I flipped homes too. So I did a lot. Yeah. Thank God I did. So I became the patch up guy, but as as my progress as my career has progressed, I've gotten better better um, team members, trades that I work with, and therefore they cost a little bit more. So my costs went up a little bit more, but the projects are a little are, are better. Are, are the the execution is better, and my reputation has gone up. I'm, mm-hmm. I, and I'm getting more referrals now because I have a great team of people that I work with, which is always turning over because contractors are funny. They're busy. They're as busy as soon as they get a. They're not. They don't have allegiance to anyone really. Yeah there was a while I was just trying to keep these two guys so busy that they would never take another job. Yeah. And then that happened maybe for two years. And as soon as that slows down, they're gone and you can't get them anymore. And they're booking you six months out. Like, Oh, I got to find other people. I mean, (laughs) I got to be honest. I just started doing renovations and I've kind of mentally thought like, I don't, well, I had like an aha and it was 
sometimes we we just like hang on our music nook and we we put records on and I find sometimes it feels like a meditation like I just listen and I'm just like and then I like take note take notes or whatever and I just had this aha I was like I feel like I can be like I you know you think about um like I want to be really good at what I do and I feel like I can be really freaking good at furnishing and decorating a home and being like a really stylist decorator I don't think that I can be really good. Like, I think I could be fine and good enough and like do yeah, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I do like renovations and, but it's not, I don't think that I can excel. So then I was just kind of like, why wouldn't I just try to go more okay. all in on a more specific niche and people need that too. And so I just, the whole idea of not being able, like exactly what you said for me gives me so much anxiety of, and I don't do enough of it to be able to keep those guys busy, right? And I don't want to take on that much because I would, I would lose my mind. So I get right. the idea of like, there's too many variables of people that I can't control the outcome of. And then the outcome of a renovation versus like, oh, shoot, I screwed up a couch or a couch, something went yes. wrong. It's, <laughs> it's like a little different. The cost of a couch <laughs> and maybe the delivery yeah. versus labor. Oh, new materials, new tile, new this, new it's that. Huge. Like, yeah. it's just... Yeah. Did, did the, insur- the insurance costs are a little different too. The liability insurance. Exactly. The liability <laughs> yes. alone. I can't sleep at night. So did you have moments early on where you were like, oh my God, this is like where you're just like, this is too hard. Or has it been like you're. No, all the time. All the time. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in experience right now where the kitchen installed didn't go really well. And you deal with different personalities. What in our job dealing with personalities is maybe 60% of it. Yeah. They're, if they're empty houses, it's. It's, it's easy. Like you yeah. give me an empty house, it's done in three weeks and it's beautiful, but you put a personality in there. It's four, four months and we got to get to something. Right. So, um, so this is a scenario where a kitchen company, I've probably done 15 kitchens with, and the people I've worked with, I do some work with the custom home builders, uh, Wilshire homes. They are, do amazing luxury homes. And I do work with them as well. They use them. We, so we've done so much stuff, but this kitchen install went bad. And it's just unfortunate. we got to replace half the kitchen. It's just an oh. unfortunate scenario. So the experience is blown. And it's like the weight that it's carrying on me is like, oh. like I didn't have nothing to do with building this kitchen. I didn't install the kitchen. But it's yeah. all on me because I brought I this kitchen in and I designed it. So, it, 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 oh, it, so much. the wins and the losses are, 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 are relative. But that goes back to what I was saying before about me expanding in the plateau. My personality is such that it's about – What's my next challenge? What's my, uh, what am I going to accomplish? How do I express myself? And how do I get to kind of make an impact by being creative, right? And so I got to a point when you were asking me about hiring where I said, okay, right now I plateaued. I can do this. I can do X amount of jobs. I can do a really good job. I can work from home. And I, have a, I hired an assistant who was working from home. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably about three years ago. And we worked together for like a year. She was from home. I was home. And we just kind of were killing, killing, killing it. Um, but there was some sort of downsides of not having that one-on-one connection. Yeah. And I realized we were limited and we plateaued. And I said, okay, I have to make a decision. Do I expand or do I, what, do, what is it that I want? Who is it that I want to be? And I come from background where I've owned companies and I've been partners and I've stuff and I've experienced some pretty um, successful experiences in what I'm doing. So I know I'm not limited to it. There's no reason why I can't do it. If other people are doing it, yeah. I have this philosophy in life is if, the only reason why I haven't done something yet is because I haven't done something yet. It's the only reason. So whenever I decide to do it, 
it's when I'm going to do it. So I made a decision that, you know, I want to grow my company. I want to work with people and the team. I love, I love the round, the creative round table. I love the creative. That's what I might miss most about scratch and my uh, time before at Belvedere when I did the here interview is having my team. I always have a round table. Mm-hmm. Everyone spin around, pull up, let's brainstorm. Let's creatively come up with something. I got this idea. I want you guys to help me take it further or vice versa. Yeah. I love that high. So I, I love having a team with me. I don't care if you have no graphic, I mean, interior design experience or whatever. How does this make you feel? Let's, uh, let's just bounce mm-hmm. things idea. So that's what I'm growing here. I, I have a magic number of how much people I want on my team. To ha- I don't want to go bigger than that. I know how much work we can flow. Like we have a lot of jobs right now on the, on the plate. So I know I got to grow my team to kind of maintain that level of excellence. Mm-hmm. But it's about expanding to where I think I am the most effective and I can experience the most. And I can start affecting people. I would love to nurture and train uh, young designers coming up and give them an opportunity to kind of grow in a non-corporate environment, but a really uh, creative, open environment, which is what I'm creating here. I love it. And so, I mean, being creative, I'm creative and I've been around creativity my whole life and it's an emotional roller coaster, right? And, um, like, have you always just kind of had a level of confidence about what, are you okay for time? By the way, we've kind of gone over. Are you okay for time? We can, you just yeah, I can do, I can do a bit more for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to wrap up. Um, 15 minutes. No problem. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. No, problem. I no it's okay. This is, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> too. Okay. So um, do you, have you ever struggled with like confidence? Like, have you always been able to just be like, here's my idea and stand behind it? Or was that ever a struggle for you? It's yes to both. <laughs> it's, it's always a struggle, but I've always in confidence. I've always in because I just know I can do stuff creative. I just know I can. I just don't know if you're going to like it. <laughs> right. So, and so, do you take it personal if someone doesn't like it? Or are you that's like. That's the thing. So I think I might heard you talk about love language before. Is that true? It's probably okay. popped in here or there. Like, I'm words of affirmation for sure. That's me. That's it. That, that, that's it. That's it. I was just going to say that. I'm words of affirmation. And uh, that used to be something I struggled with. I think I used to kind of hated that i'm like come on guy you did it you know it's good why do you need someone to tell you but now i understand it's just it it's just nothing wrong with being words of affirmation some people need to be hugged some people need to be touched kissed whatever some people need to be bought something i just need to be affirmed right and so i'm telling you i've done stunning places where i'm in love but i don't i don't get to breathe out until they affirm it yes and it's yeah it's like and when they, oh, let's go there. Well, I knew it all the time, but. but well, do you ever get it where people just, I've come to realize that not everybody reacts to things they love the way I do, which is 100%. very, like, yeah. clearly I'm loving it. Like, if I love something or you or whatever, like, you're going to know, you're going to feel it. Um, yeah. But not everybody's like that. So, so I've, I've noticed in myself that. When I don't get what I would expect, like, you know, they didn't really respond the way I'm kind of like, you know, I think they're happy probably, but I'm also like, I didn't, I wanted more than that. And it just sits with me. Like it really, it's really hard. I find it very hard. And I'm just curious, like, you know, who else struggles with that and how you get past it. So I I, I get the feeling. I understand that. And um, for me, communication is huge for me. So I understand that not everybody speaks words of affirmation. Yeah. So I, 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 I've learned to figure out how is it that speaking. I'm trying not to say love language, but how are they? They might be telling uh, me in other different ways, right? Yeah. 
So I may not hear it in the language that I wanted, but they're speaking a different language. And I've just now mm. learned to identify certain things in different language because that's it. It, it is not as rewarding as when they go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I love it. And it is kind of affirming the way I understand it. But I, but I get that. What I also understand is when it's in a, someone's space, it's huge when they don't ask you to change something or et cetera, et cetera, because the opposite means so much more. Um, I did a, yeah. I did a, a high-end condo. It was, it was huge, 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 huge. One of my biggest budgets when it comes to decorating, all that kind of stuff. And hold on, and I did a custom painting. I did all this stuff. So, so much of me personally poured oh. into this yeah. and it was hanging. They didn't see it. And it was like a out of sight, they could show up type of thing. Like, totally tv thing so not sleeping the day before i have a few projects but this one in particular was i kept all the tags on everything because you know i'm waiting for 30 percent of the stuff to get exchanged and they say oh my god we love it and i'm saying i'm okay i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting and oh my god change anything waiting no yeah. you're like in a week from now i'm gonna get an email <laughs> yeah like no she goes we love it. everything's fine not even a cushion no everything oh my god so Sorry, and the partner became gave me all the words after the one. He was oh, everything's good, love it, you did a great job. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. And when I got that second one, I realized, you know, he said the same thing because he wrote to me this really nice check to pay for thing, and he didn't need to change it. What, what more do I need? Like, yeah, clearly, I know. you know what I mean. I so it's that internal clock that we got to handle, and then you got to go on to the next because it's not. It wasn't a gift; they paid yeah. you. Yes, right. You're so right. when you when you buy a car and you get the car you might love it you don't go back to the salesperson every day oh my god I love this car that is you such said, <laughs> a, I've never ever had anyone kind of put it that way that makes so much sense you're so right yeah you know like, what it is oh, it's it's like it's such a part of you like you said especially like you're like I I put it in this painting and it is such a like us uh, so it's just it's hard it's freaking hard yeah. it's a part of the business yeah. that I struggle with a lot okay I'm gonna ask you one last question this is just like a again selfish question because I'm curious um when you do the decorating side of things right where you go in and you're gonna style all the shelves do all the pillows like furniture's going in like basically like everything's gonna be done art on the walls yeah. right yeah what, how many people are on that team with you making that happen um and like how many let's say you're doing that whole condo is that a one day thing that you decorate the whole space? What is that? No way. So team is maybe one or two other people. Like I don't have a okay. big team. Okay. I'm hands on, hands on, hands on. I need someone. It's always better with two. Like even yeah. if I put up a wallpaper, I love putting up wallpaper. I'll do an accident. Oh, I'll put up my own wallpaper. Amazing. I have one other person. Yeah. So, um, but to go back to your point, I, I, I can't. Okay. So let me say this. The way I work is I do it in two phases. I get okay. all the big pieces in. So yep. we get the car, the, the couches, get all the big pieces. And then I come back and I got to take a second look. Because even though I can yep. kind of guess, I really don't believe you can see it. And I can see things. Yeah. But I really don't believe you can see it. And what that does is if, if, I, if I pre-decorate, if I buy all the beforehand, I think I lose the opportunity to adapt. I think I lose the opportunity to kind of be inspired by the space anew. Okay. <laughs> and now interpret it brand new. As opposed to when I saw it in its, you know, Yep. before stage and I, oh I can see all this and the black cushion here this, da, 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 da. and then uh and then I take that to the end and not be open to the fact that when I now I got this sofa there I say oh maybe it wasn't a black cushion that was best maybe it should be purple or whatever why take away that creative experience for me why take away that opportunity to kind of again experience a new and then be influenced by something different so I do it two stages. I'll bring out a thing and stuff like that. And I tell clients, honestly, I'm not going to accessorize and that stuff. And then I want to go out in the world and be inspired by something. Because sometimes you walk in the store and say, oh my God, how many times have you seen that? You see something you love so much is I got to find a client for this. 
Totally. Or, or forward, right? So that's inspiring. So I want to love I want to put it in a place. So now if I'm walking through a store and I'm shopping and then I just did a place, I'm, oh my God, I know I was looking for a black cushion, but look at that. Yeah. It's purple. I'm totally. changing everything, you know, or, yes. you know, whatever. And now like, that has inspired the trickle effect of other exactly, things. Exactly. Exactly. That's so the creative this, part. Yeah. And so you, okay. So the furnishings go in and when like stages, right? When is that next stage? Are you trying to go like, are you showing up? Is it like I'm bringing a few accessories next and then I, and you keep building or are you trying to come with a bunch of stuff that yeah. you need to take a stage two day or two to. Yeah. I, I try to come the next day with maybe hopefully hundred percent knowing it's not going to be hundred percent of the yeah. accents. Okay. And it's probably usually lands to be about 80%. And then the tweaking will happen. The odd changes. Like if I need five cushions for a room, I'm bringing 12. Yes, same. 50, right? Yeah. And then da, 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 and then sometimes I still need that last one to be changed, whatever. So I get that. So I, I let my clients know that I'm going to come, we're going to pull it together, and we're probably, so the second visit is probably going to get us 90% there, and there's going to be these little tweaks, probably stuff they won't even see or mine, but I got to yeah. make those changes, yeah. right? Yeah, I really, you're yeah. fine, but trust me, come back next week yeah. to change this thing out type yeah. of idea. Yeah. Okay, that's really nice to hear, because I've been trying to work my way through the efficiency of that, and I, I had been doing like delivery of furniture in one day and then I would do like three rooms. Like I couldn't do a whole house, obviously, but I get furniture delivered that day. And then I would art installers would come and then I'd be styling and I would try to do that all in a day to do a reveal. Yeah. And then I would be, there would always be like straggler things. I call them like yeah. back for, but I like this way better because there is a level of like, sometimes like I just need to see the balance of what's happening and then, you know, accommodate that. And also it's just like, and it's so exhausting. I don't know how you feel about styling day, but it's it is, so much yeah. schlepping. There's so much, like, untapping. It's never a six-hour day. It's yeah. 12 hours. Like, oh, it's 100%. Never, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're like, like, I'm like you. I, I always tell clients, I'm buying, like, twice as much as what I need. Because that's how you create the perfect vignette. Perfect vignette. Because, you, like yeah. you said, you can't go, okay, yep, this shelf needs a, a vase. Like, no. Yeah. You're not going to approve any of it until after. You're going to either yeah. say, or we're going to return stuff. But, um. But I so, like that. The thing I'll add to that is okay. honor, honoring the creative brain, right? So mm, the one thing I've learned, that. like I have a pretty logical brain. I, I, I kind of, I can exist in my left and my right side. But I discovered in college, I remember doing the all-nighters. I remember being, having those, being forced to be creative artistically yeah. and not being, and having, being stuck. And I remember one time thinking, this project's not thinking. I had a project due the next day and I couldn't. I'm staring at it, trying to, trying to work. And then getting on the phone with somebody. And I remember just talking to them for an hour hours and then looking down and my project was pretty much finished and i'm like oh my god it's because i was able to turn off the logic and that the, the right side brain thinking about deadlines thinking about this thinking about pressure that was interfering with me being creative in my right side mm -hmm. and once i was able to put the left side of my brain focus on this conversation talk about whatever the right side was free to, to run wild and and create it and it was i try it over and over and it always works once i can separate all those details, like the, the logistics, when's delivery showing up? Is this the right purport? All that stuff. And now only get to think in color, space, and texture, you go free. So allowing all those things to ship takes a whole pressure off you. You unpack, everything sits, you know it works. Oh, now I can switch totally into right size brain because logistics are over. And now I get to think, how does it make this thing place look pretty? And you get access totally to that part. I hope that makes sense. Does, it does make sense. Of, I'm curious what what are your tactics for for turning off the left brain to is that the right side? I don't know. Anyways, left yeah, brain. Yeah, so yeah, right you, side like, creative. What are your left side. Yeah. To, to repli replicate that 
that moment on the phone or do you just do that? Like, how do you get there? Well, that's how I identified it in college. And yeah, then, that's amazing. Honestly, I, I purposely go there all the time. Anytime I have a block, I purposely would put music on. Like you were saying, you're going to music oh, and you yeah. start writing. Yeah, because yeah. You're, 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 you, you stop that the thinking part. Your brain knows that when you put music on, you're not doing math. You know what I mean? You just can't really happen that way. So you're, you're able. So I guess I just over time trained myself to be able to say off on, off on, switch left, right, left, right. There's times where I, I can be logical and organized and there's times where I just need to be free and flowing. And, and it's difficult because I know sometimes I can't paint. A lot of times I can't paint unless I put music on, I put TV on, I have a distraction and then I can kind of let free. It's, I don't know, I guess I don't, identify it now what it takes but i know i consciously do it all the yeah. time i allow myself i give myself permission to not think about details mm, that's actually so, that's this uh, this has got me thinking a lot right now about some stuff <laughs> some <laughs> stuff i want to try then i i that's that's very insightful i love that thank you for that so okay i don't want to take up more of your time i have yes, yes. Enjoyed talking to you and i cannot believe I we're connected. What is happening? <laughs> we're, we're together. It's crazy to me. Um, okay, tell everybody where they can follow you, like where you hang out, social media, your website, all that good stuff. Right. So I'm. And then I'm gonna find this song. Natural high. You can it's always. Natural high. <laughs> um, there it is. I'm gonna um, find it. Uh, Michael Lambie Interiors. I'm E-A, M-I-C-H-E-A-L. And when you start typing my name in that way, it gets rid of most of the Michaels in the world because most people spell it A-E. So I Michael, always do whatever's wrong. I, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael underscore Lambie underscore interiors would be on Instagram. And michaellambieinteriors.ca is, is pretty much everywhere else. So, so that's on my Facebook. I'm on every, everywhere, all the social media platforms. That's my website. And awesome. And when are you, have you plans to be on City Line in the near future? Is that coming sh- up? Yes, we're filming October 4th or 5th, I believe. So we'll be on the following week. Okay. So whatever that is, seven days later, the 11th. Oh, is that yes, how that we're works? Do, we're doing an office make, uh, makeover using like Ikea kitchen cabinets and stuff and how to put together a dual purpose room type of idea. Ooh. So that's what we're doing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations, and thank you so much for talking to me. That was amazing. I freaking yes. I can't believe it went so fast. I was like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> hey, well, thank you so much. Have an awesome yes. weekend. I will hopefully talk to you soon and meet you again in real life. Apparently, we've yes. met before, but places <laughs> when things get normalish again. Normal, yeah. Otherwise, Beautiful. I'll see thank you, on you the so gram. much. Bye. All right, see you on the ground. Take care. <laughs> I still can't believe that I know Michael from corporate. So that was probably like 10 years ago. I don't even know. But I knew that I knew him from from somewhere and I just could not figure it out. So that's freaking crazy to me. Okay, so there's two things that I wrote down that really stuck with me after talking with him. And the first is when he said that he likes to honor the creative brain. I don't think I'm very doing a very good job of honoring my creative brain. Curious if you are. Um, I'm creative all the time, but I don't know that I would consider it honoring. Think I could do better to to actually facilitate creativity better for me and for my clients. Um, and the next thing he said was to grow, you have to be more than what you are now, or you plateau. And that again resonated with me because I'm actively trying to find an assistant. I posted a job description, a job posting on the other day, and I had to sift through almost 200 resumes, most of which are crap, as you can imagine. But I did it. 
and I'm going to be looking for the right fit. And this time I'm really trying to take my time to find the right person to fill the gaps, read ADHD gaps that I'm having uh, and struggling through. So I know for a fact that I need to take this next step in order to get out of what I feel is a plateau for me. And I'm excited, terrified, and I'm so glad that I got this amazing reminder to, to just make it happen. Okay. It's the most unoffensive 80s pop rock stuff oh, it, ever. But, it's amazing, but, then. <laughs> Yeah, like Whitney is like, oh, I find perfect. myself singing it along like, oh, I know this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love 80s music. It's literally my favorite music of all time. 